0: for free shipping and 365 day returns.
1: Dobri večer and welcome to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman
2: and Travis Dow.
1: Good evening from Prague and welcome to the Bohemican Podcast. I'm Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow from the History of Alchemy Podcast. Ancient pagan rituals have mostly vanished from modern life in Europe. But if you take a closer look at current cultures and their rituals and celebrations, you may just see traces of the old ways. This was very true in the Czech lands and the April 30th celebration of the burning of the witches. When one mentions witch burning, certain horrific images come to mind. The witch hunting of the late Middle Ages, the Inquisition, the burning times between the 15th century and the 17th century that wrought pain and persecution. Some say the hunting of witches began in earnest when Pope John 22nd formalized the persecution of witchcraft in 1320 as he authorized the Inquisition to persecute sorcery. Thereafter, papal bulls and and declarations grew increasingly vehement in their condemnation of
2: witchcraft of all those who made a pact with Hell. Burning of Witches or Valspergus Night or Beltane are the names used for the last night of April in the Czech Republic, traditionally connected with the practice of burning witches. So the long tradition is celebrated both in the Czech Republic and in many other European countries.
1: And some of those European countries, Travis, include Germany Germany. and Poland, to to, to name a couple. The tradition of burning witches is is a reminder of the pagan ritual. There are many legends about the origin of this ritual. According to ethnologists, the beginning of this tradition can be seen in pre-Christian shepherds who considered May 1st as the beginning of the new half year. It was a time of transition from the cold to the warm period of the year as well therefore people would set fires in the belief that it would help them to remove any evil powers that had gathered inside them during the dark winter times celebrating the oncoming spring and summer period of of the year later that habit developed into the burning of the witches travis
2: yeah there's a couple other theories of of the origin of this kind of ritual Beltane, for instance is a celtic summer festival dating back you know from when celtic tribes inhabited this area and alternatively, it stems from either a Scandinavian or German summer rite, which later became the night of St. Valpurga. This explains the event's other name in English, Walpurgis Night. And in Czech, the night is also known as Filipo Jakubska Nots, basically, Philip and James Night. As Christianity spread, one had once been a pagan festival became more of a tradition
1: to keep all that was pagan at bay. The fires were lit to ward off witches and in part in this process to include burning old broomsticks. Today, the night is more of an opportunity to get together with friends and build fire, enjoy the outdoors, drink a lot of beer, and uh, as the time gets a little bit warmer with all the vestiges of winter gone, it's a, a great celebration. The origins of the day will give you something to talk about while enjoying that pivo and roasting fat Czech sausages over an open fire. The ritual, and, and Travis, you mentioned this before, the ritual of burning witches is uh, a pretty popular, popular thing in the Czech Republic as, as a modern-day tradition. An ancient legend says that the, the magic Wal, Walpurgis uh, night, um, which is April 30th to May, to May 1st, evil powers are at their peak of strength, and people must protect themselves, their households, their cattle... Uh, it sounds a little bit like uh, um, October thirty first, like right? Yeah. Well, that's because it's six months in between. Exactly, it's the it's, the so the same kind of idea. This yeah. makes sense. In ancient times, people believed that crowds of witches flying on broomsticks traveled to witches' assemblies that on that night, and such people would also light fires on the hills, throwing burning brooms up in the air in order to weaken the witch's power and get rid of them. Many would consider the, the burning of witches as a fun activity. Throughout the country, thousands of fires are set the last April evening in order to burn a witch, an effigy, of course, uh, which is made of straw and old clothes. When the fire is roaring, people roast the sausages, sausages on sticks, dance, play music, and sing. Some, are, some of the kids are dressed in witch costumes as they go around the fire. Hardly anybody would know the connection to the magic rituals from the past.
2: Or... For that matter, even real witches. I, I mean, I, I should state, you know, I, I got some kind of neo-pagan-minded friends, and they probably wouldn't find this very humorous, but, but um, yeah, there's, there's really no connection. It's not so much a, of, you know, we're celebrating the burning of, of actual witches, which was obviously a horrible atrocity, but um, just like any other. Traditions that had pagan roots, and there's many. Like we, we had an Easter episode, right? And the Easter tradition is much more steeped in the original pagan rites than in other parts of the world, where like Christianity would just could basically start over instead of you know embracing Easter eggs and willow wisps and and this kind of thing. But there's also like on May 1st in Germany, there's the like the Maypole festival, which is just basically a pagan fertility rite, more or less. And it's transformed into the over the years. And then there's the... And so this was like one of the most impressive days of the year when I was a kid was um, Sonvenfeuer. It's like the, the a fire you burn when the sun is changing. So it's like a summer solstice. And imagine a three-story pile of wood that they would then douse in gasoline and set on fire. So the fire is like, you know, four, five stories high. It is like you know, year after year, and they they would do it in different suburbs of Munich, because, you know, I grew up in Munich, and it was just so impressive. I've still, to this day, never seen a fire purposefully set. I mean, I've never been to Burning Man or any of those weird things, but um, still, it's just like this huge, it's like an apartment building-sized fire that's purposefully done, and the fire department's on hand and all that stuff, but all of those traditions Today is just an excuse to, like you said, you know, get your beer and your sausage and, you know, have an excuse for a kind of um, neighborhood community event and visit, see people that you normally wouldn't really see, especially in this modern time, even in the big cities. You know, you go out and you, you're, sit, you're sitting in beer gardens or whatever and chatting with your neighbors. So, um, yeah, I you know, I wouldn't if, if if someone's never really been to these before they might get the wrong idea and like oh that's horrible that they're celebrating burning witches I, I did
1: I when I first got here I was
2: I was really offended Yeah but you have to see it for <laughs> sure yeah. you have to see it from their point of view it's like that has nothing to do with it right it's just an excuse to go hang out with your neighbors and friends and and get a get a beer and, and Well there's something there's something, something. Pri, you know primeval about it that I think
1: as as humans we would love to get around a fire yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the United States, the only thing we really do besides you mentioned Burning Man, which is a, a subsection of people that probably go down and see it, that.
2: It's, it's but it's an also bo- of these, you know, these kind right. of things. You know, like it, exactly this. One of
1: our American listeners will understand this if they went to college that you see bonfires. You know, at Texas A&M, they get a bonfire, like you said, the size yeah. of a building um, that but, they, they stack up for a week. You know, so it, it's a, it's I mean, a it tradition kind
2: of, of gathering people together. Sure. And, and it kind of hit me. When I got a little bit older, and I and I thought back on these these zonvent foyer, like the summer solstice fires, was like, man, it's actually a really cool thing that that, or even the Maypole, you know, it's 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 a really neat thing that the, here's a tradition, a local tradition that is in this part of the world older older than Christianity, and is still followed every year, and it's still one of the highlights of the local customs and like the local year. So not not important on the calendar as say Christmas or Easter. But still, it's right up there. Everyone's looking forward to it. Everyone's, like, you know, making plans to go somewhere and do something. So it's, it's you know, it's kind of thought-provoking that – and the, a lot of people, like you said, it's hard to even pin down the, the origin of these stories, but they still follow the tradition, which is – that's pretty neat. I mean, that's, well, that's definitely something. It
1: is, and we, we talk about the lightheartedness of all this that we see in modern times here in the Czech Republic, but there is a dark, dark stain, a historical stain that this does come from. Um, And it was a stain that that really crept across Europe and and remains uh, as very deep wounds in a lot of respects uh, to this day. Uh, And, and you you know, besides the lightheartedness that we talk about, uh, there's a lot of of cruelty that you can remember with this and and sensitivity uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, based on on what we see here today. So it's hard to disagree with those that would have a hard time with, with these celebrations today. And you will see some people that protest in different ways by having a different type of, of, of burning, not so much the witches an effigy, but a re, of remembrance of the burning times. You know, this takes us back to a, a little quick history lesson that I think we have to talk about with this tonight. So victims were charged for the very ropes that bound them and the wood that burned them. Each proce- procedure of torture carried, the, carried its fee. After the execution of a wealthy witch, officials usually uh, treated themselves to a banquet at the expense of the victim's estate. In 1592, Father Cornelius Luce had had written this, "'Wretched creatures are compelled by the severity of the torture to confess things that they had never done, and so by the cruel cruel butchery, innocent lives are taken, and by a new alchemy, gold and silver are coined from human blood.'" Uh, Travis, you know, we mentioned that alchemy in this sense. It's just kind of used to get an idea about an amalgamation, amalgamation of uh, the cruelty that's brought yeah. together so with this, right?
2: They're gaining wealth by, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I didn't know they had to pay for their own, <laughs> for well, their own. Yeah, you know, we had a
1: justice Bo- Boblek, I believe, uh, yeah. Boblek uh, here in the in upper part of Moravia in the Czech Republic that was uh, uh, became wealthy from. Uh, turning people in and having them burned alive and taking their estates. That actually did happen here. In many parts of Europe, trials for witchcraft began exactly as the trials for other types of heresy stopped. The process of formally persecuting witches followed the heresy inquisitional procedure. Once accused of witchcraft, it was virtually impossible to escape conviction. After cross-examination, the victim's body was examined for the witch's mark. Now, Travis, what was the witch's mark?
2: Well, it could be basically anything, but uh, – so for example, the historian Walter Nigg described the process. She was stripped naked, and the executioner shaved off all her body hair in order to seek in the hidden places of the body the sign which the devil imprinted on his cohorts. Warts, freckles, birthmarks were all considered certain tokens of amorous relations with Satan. So anything. Anything would have have happened to that. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Whatever the case was, they were, going to
1: find, they were going to find a reason to burn you or persecute you. Uh, should a woman show no sign of a mark, of, uh, of the witch's mark, guilt could still be established by methods of, such as sticking needles in
2: the accused's eyes. Taking for granted that the witch didn't die during torture, that she was then taken to the stake. Since many of the burnings took place in public squares, inquisitors prevented the, vict- the victims from talking to the crowds by using wooden gags or cutting their tongue out. So unlike a heretic or a Jew who would usually be burnt alive only after they had relapsed into their heresy or Judaism, a witch would be burnt upon the first conviction.
1: The the, the total deaths from the witch hunting, burning, and torture ranged in numbers dependent upon the Protestant or Catholic sources that you would would research. Yet the numbers, as we said, are staggering. The death account ranges from 50 million to 150 million in a three century span.
2: You mentioned that this started when heresy like when the Inquisition stopped chasing down heretics, if you compare those numbers, that's also crazy. Because I mean, heretics were slaughtered too, but but still, like people have this notion in mind that um, people could be people would be burned at the stake for uh, like people like Galileo, people that were like too pro-science or you know uh, like heliocentric kind of you know anybody that said no, this isn't this isn't true. That never really happened in the sense that the the way that this happened. I mean, you could actually write a book and refute something the church said, and you'd still have a much better chance. I mean, you were walking a fine line, granted, especially if you wandered down too close to Rome, but you still had a much better chance of, um, you know, you might have to recant something or, you know, publish an apology or, or publish something, but... They'd probably let you go afterwards. Whereas this was basically no evidence. There's nothing you could do to get out of it. Mm. If you did confess, they say, "Okay, well now your sins are forgiven, so you'll go to heaven when we kill you." Yeah, basically. there was there was no reprieve. Yeah, like you're gonna they, die either way. They would so.
1: ask you. And this happened with Joan of Arc. If, you know, if you remember the history books. In this one, she, they asked her as as they were lighting the the torches, "Do you do you repent?" They 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 started lighting the the kindling underneath her. And as this, the frame, flame started to approach her, she she still was asked, "Do you repent?" And she did not. Uh, so, it, it, so the best hope that you could have would be suffocation um, through the, the smoke inhalation.
2: Yeah, I was wondering if you, if you were going to mention that. Yeah. I, I, like if I guess supposedly if they had some sympathy, they would put some green right. sticks or even leaves or something at the in the wood pile. So, yeah, that would smoke a lot more, and you die from suffocation rather than the actual flames. And if they had no sympathy, they would use really dry, really dry timber. That actually kind of always bothers me in movies. They just burst into flames. It didn't happen like, like no, that. No, it was no. much slower. And that was if they really hated the person. Like I mean, they really, the the church really wanted to prove a point, and then they actually, they'd literally be burned alive. Normally, they would be smothered in smoke, and then they would burn. Well,
1: if you can watch this movie, there's I don't know where you can get this movie actually online. It's a free download, but it was a Czech movie done in the late 50s, early 60s called uh, Witch Hammer. I don't know exactly what that would be in yeah. in, 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 Czech, in Czech, but um, it's, uh, it has subtitles if you can find it, and it actually is an amazing movie about, about Justice Bobleg, uh in uh, Upper Moravia near uh, Ostrava that, that did this kind of uh, sort of a Salem witch trial. He was an evil, evil man, that uh, put to death many people for for uh, so he could get their uh, their estates and their money. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting movie, but it has a lot of this burning in it, and uh, you can probably get a little education on that. So you know again, with this kind of knowledge of such a dark history, how could so many find a festive attitude uh, with about the spring ritual? Well, you know I would say most of it resides in a state of ignorance and and also a different viewpoint on this tradition. Uh, like most traditions we hold on from the previous centuries, our, our celebrations sort of morph to fit the modern narrative, right, Travis? So, you know, the ritual burning witches uh, to retire winter and usher in spring is met with, you know, broad grins and a great deal of food and spirits. Liquor spirits, of course, but not so much the ghost spirits.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the other thought I have with this whole thing is that, again, this ritual coincides with, it's basically the day before May Day, and I don't mean May Day like Labor Day, like the European Labor Day. I mean like May Day like the Maypoles and the, the Pagan Festival. So there was some tradition before Christianity even reached these lands. So then the the early Catholics might have thought that was a good idea to switch this Pagan Festival and burn witches while they're at it, or burn pagans, and then later it kind of morphed into whatever we see today. But still, it's there. there's... There's a good chance that there's more to this festival, or that the history is goes further back than the actual witch burnings, right? Is that? I, I would say absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, goes back, so, it goes back to so Celtic I, tradition. I, I mean, yeah. So when I when I view this, especially this festival, I don't see it as like a literal celebration of the witch hunts. I see it more as like, okay, well, it turned into that for a while, but it has deeper roots. It has deeper meaning. You know. Even if we don't know what that meaning is so much exactly anymore, it's it's a really interesting cultural tradition,
1: right? Well, you know, I think on this podcast tonight, we've given you both sides of the coin, haven't we? You know, the, the festive stuff of what we see today and why people want to have these celebrations to usher in the spring, and and also maybe some of the darker times that kind of painted the picture, and even some of the prehistorical times that that uh, we find its origins in In this sense. Uh, we'll, let's go quickly through a little bit of, of what you might find during this April 30th sort of event. Uh, there are several different events that are being held around Prague, uh, all on April 30th. On Kampa, which is uh, the island that's right across on the Vltava River, very close to the Charles Bridge, uh, there will be a bonfire which starts at 8 p.m. and there's kids kids programs, of course, and uh, a lantern procession that is scheduled. And uh, you know, it's it's usually kind of full with uh, a lot of chances for refreshments and live music. And then there's, car, of course, the crowning of Miss Witch, which is, I think, a, a newer tradition. Well, of course, there'll be a bonfire there, but it's not the only place, so, Travis. We can see this in Prague 6 and in Prague 9 and traditional bonfires uh, that uh, will, will be around. You'll probably see that throughout uh, when the evening hours uh, start off. But if you want to get out of Prague and to see something a little bit different in, in conjunction with the burning of the witch, you might head a little bit up north to Klodno, which is one of those industrial towns, that, a suburb sort of bedroom community of Prague. Uh, and the town stadium, uh, there's a night festival starting at 7, and uh, it'll include music and refreshments, and uh, that'll be kind of interesting to see there as well. If you uh, journey a little further north of Prague to, to Castle Holstein, outside of Homotov, you, will, you can catch part of the witch burning in medieval surroundings, which might be a little bit interesting, and uh, you can get that sort of atmosphere also in Chesky Krumilov. There there are some places uh, that have a, a certain style, Moravian style of witch burning is a little bit different than you might see in the upper uh, or western part of Bohemia, but uh, it, it is uh, an interesting tradition, Travis, that I think as a as a expat, you're going to be kind of taken aback by it at first, but... But like anything else, keep an open mind and and, uh, enjoy some of the the differences of culture. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to this evening's podcast. Be sure to stop by Bohemian.com for more information on life in the Czech Republic. For Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman. Good night from Prague. Bye. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes, or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican podcast, thank you for listening.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.